Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Money Talk Radio, produced by ProServe PR Marketing, home of the ProServe Club. Please show your support and click the like button on the Money Talk Radio Facebook page, and you will find links to a variety of episodes and resources. Support for both Law and Money Talk Radio comes from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life and disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, today's show, uh, we have our title of our show is Using Your Book as a Business Calling Card, and our guest is Antoinette Kuritz. Um, just a little bit of a lead-in. wonder if you're successful in your field and always felt you had a book in you. Well, you're not alone. The publishing industry has been democ- democ- democratized, um, and writers at all levels are playing on a new playing field. You had better apply your business smarts to the book, and it's part of your business. Uh, Antoinette Kuritz, our guest, is a book developer, literary publicist, publishing and media coach, and the host of the Writer's Roundtable show on KUSI TV book expert as well. She's an author, wife, mother, grandmother, and soon-to-be publisher, uh, co-author of 1001 Ways to uh, Celebrate America, and also author of Get Your Words Out, The Art craft and business of getting published uh that was published in may 2001 it's her up-to-date uh keyboard in the book of business uh website is the la jolla writers conference.com www.lajolla writers conference.com we want to welcome our callers today we have a great show we open up to uh, callers at 917-889-9732 option one is your uh key to the caller queue again 917-889-9732 Quick disclaimer, this is a general information and entertainment program, and advice shared on our show does not constitute professional advice. Communication with licensed professionals on our shows does not create client relationships. ProServe PR marketing does not necessarily endorse all the opinions expressed by guests. And finally, all callers are confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved. Now, here are some of the topics we're going to talk about on today's show, and we're going to cover everything uh, right up front from a 30,000-foot view and then drill down in our second, third, and fourth segments. We do run an hour. Um, So the five topics generally, and this is just a taste, uh, first, how-tos on getting your book published and purchased. Secondly, about the La Jolla Writers Conference and why lawyers and finance pros should attend. Uh, third, what sets you apart and what do you have to say that no one else is saying? This is good for writing your book. And also, how not to get swindled in the process of publishing and distribution. Finally, we'll round out with how to sell gobs of books online and in, in various distribution chains. So, um, without further ado, I welcome my friend and guest, Antoinette Kurtz. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Nick. Thanks for taking your valuable time and being with us again. So what should we start with? Well, the thing that I want to lead with is that 
everyone as I think everyone out there, a good professional has a good book in them, but a lot of people don't know what to do and where to go. Uh, so we'll t- we're talk about all sorts of different resources, but first tell me a little bit about you uh, and what you do. And um, it's really great that you're uh, the book expert on KOSI TV in San Diego. Um, what else? And tell us a little bit about the La Jolla Writers Conference. La Jolla Writers Conference is a pay-it-forward conference. Everybody involved in putting it on, from the keynotes to those of us who organize it, um, do it to help aspiring authors. None of us consider it an income stream. Nobody gets paid for it. That's the most remarkable thing about it. Secondly, it's been named by Writers Digest as one of the 84 premier conferences in the country, Well, one of the 84 conferences worth your money, and that's with over 1,600 conferences. That said... It's a great place to meet authors who are very successful, who could later mentor you, blurb your book, turn you on to their agents and their editors. It's a great place to meet agents and editors. It's a wonderful place to go and just get your feet wet and learn more about the art craft and particularly the business of writing. Because so long as you're writing a book just for yourself and your family, you know, if if I was putting together a cookbook for my kids and, and my nieces and nephews, well, then I'd be just a writer, but the minute I want anybody to buy into a book, whether it's an agent, whether it's a publisher, whether it's a bookstore that's going to carry it or the public who's going to buy it, then I'm in business and I darn well better understand the business I'm getting into. Yeah, the business of it is uh, very true and it's I get, there's so many pitfalls and why I find uh, tremendous value um, in having you on our show because I consider you uh, an industry insider with knowledge and tips and, and knowing not how not to get scammed. So let's jump you know, into I, the – yeah, go ahead. You know, I had a young woman come to me about a, about two years ago, and she had a trade paperback book. That's the larger size paperback book. Now, she should have been able to put that book together and put it together so it looked – like a book from a major publishing house. She should have been able to do that and have 3,000 copies to sell for anywhere from $8,000 to $12,000. She had spent $100,000 getting that book done. And, And it was not marketable in the form it was in. So, um, and then the, on the other hand, you've got people who go to, um, you know, they go to print-on-demand publishing houses or one-stop publishing houses where they say, well, we'll charge you four or $500 or $1,000 and we'll help you get your book out there. And they end up, again, with a product that just can't compete. If you're serious about this, if you want to do this well, you've got to take it on like you take on anything else in your professional life. Let's talk about really quick about how uh, you can leverage some of these books, um, different ways that professionals can use them in the business. Well, you can, of course, use them as a premium. Let's say um, let's say you have a, 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 a small book, maybe a 50- to 60-page book on some aspect of your business. Let's say you're an intellectual property attorney, and you have a small 50- to 60-page book on different intellect- aspects of intellectual property law. And you give that away to each new client. Let's say you're a real estate agent and you've got a book on the different kinds, a small book on the different kinds of mortgages or on how to fit into uh, a new neighborhood, how to, how to, uh, the little things, how to vet a new doctor and how to, how to check out a new veterinarian and all the things that people need to do when they move to a new neighborhood. Um, you know, any, almost any business lends itself 
to a small book. If you're a chiropractor, maybe you'll have a small book on herbs or because a lot of chiropractors use um, more naturopathic means of, of treating people. Um, whatever your business is, chances are you can produce a small book that you can use as a premium. And that's your business calling card. On the other hand, let's say you do a lot of speaking. Well, then you want some some books as product to sell in the back of the room. Because if you're a good speaker, chances are 70 to 80% of the people who are in your audience are going to buy that book that you have as a takeaway. It makes um, so much sense because that's something that I always wanted to do because I still, um, you know, people kick me and they say, Nick, start charging for your speeches. But I get invited to speak at wonderful conferences and I would love to have a book in the back because I have just gobs of knowledge and things that I put together over time. And it just seems like such a great way to have someone can come for free, not have to pay for the, you know, for the speech and the talk, but able to be buy the book. Um, I also think, and finance professionals too, because, you know, we serve, um, our law and our finance people, and I know so many uh, hedge fund managers and veteran options and different traders who have just it's it's the experience they have, and it's just wonderful to put a book together. And I think people need to really take a look at who they are and what they are and what makes them unique in their brand, uh, because there's a book in there, and there's other people who want to know what they what was your recipe for success? How did you get it done? Absolutely. Now the other thing your book does is it makes you that much more viable for media. If you've got a book, you're more likely to get a regular spot on your local news. Um, You're more likely to get booked for radio shows and TV shows. Uh, A book just opens doors for you. It gives you a certain level of veracity and credibility that, um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter how good the book is, but it does help. It really does help. Uh, it does, oh. you know, the, and the other thing is, can you talk a little bit about e, uh, the e-books and how people are finding these? Because I, I am a big proponent of uh, social media distribution and people finding things online, finding the books. So can you talk about the difference between e-books and our traditional, just for those uh, listeners who might not know the difference? Well, the e-books are books that are in an electronic format that are picked up on the electronic readers, the Nook and the Kindle being the most commonly used ones, but there's also the iPad, well, the iPad also, but then there's also the Sony reader and a whole host of other readers that are now coming out. And really, there's only three or four formats for all of those different devices. You can write a book, and you can, for $1,000 or less, you can have it put into all of the ebook formats and have it put up on the top 44 distribution platforms so that that book is out there and available. Now, here's the thing: if you're a speaker and you're giving and your book is out there for back of the room sales, well, people are going to buy it as a as a memento of your speech if they really liked, or they're going to buy it as a takeaway. On the other hand, if you're putting a book out there and you're putting it into bookstore and ebook and or ebook distribution it had better be a really really good book that's what people are looking for and you'll get all kinds of reviews online once that book is exposed your pay people will pay a lot less for an ebook your your ebooks are selling for 9.99 and under um most of them a lot of them are selling for 2.98 and under but on the other hand, there's no real cost in, to, in producing an ebook. So, you know, you're not paying for printing, you're not paying for storage, you're not paying for shipping or distribution, and there's no returns. 
every book that you see, almost every book, everything but the bargain books that you see in a bookstore is there on consignment. All those books are returnable. And once they're returned, a full 50% of them can't be sold again because they're damaged. With e-books, there's, there's no returns. So another plus for e-books. Now, e-books are a large portion of the market now, and they are growing. And if you want to test the water with a book, you can always test the water with an e-book. Makes but, a lot of sense. But, again, then it's not available for PR purposes. It's not available for back-of-the-room sales. It's not avail- available to give away as a premium. And it's it can be so inexpensive to print a book. We had a woman come to us who had gotten a, a bid for, I think, $4.85 to print each of her little hardcover books. And we saved her thousands on that printing. I think we got it down to around $2 a copy for a hardcover book. Paperback books are so much less to print, and trade paperback books are are a wonderful um, way to put your book out. Um, it, I'm just thinking about. <laughs> uh, it seems like a lot of people who are maybe nervous about getting into book publishing because, um, if if for example, um, the thought of having these books and distribution, yeah, I can see how it can be a little scary for somebody who's never done it before. And it seems like the ebook is really a good point of entry. So, what's your advice today for someone out there who thinks they may have an ebook in them? Just start outlining and start writing. I think that a book is a book. I think that if you have a book in you, you start outlining and writing it. Then you sit down and you decide. We actually do classes on this, on the best method of publication for you. And no matter how you publish, you should also have an e-book. But do you only go e-book? That really depends. You know, if you're a novelist trying to break in, there was a, there was a guy recently, and, and he was in all the trades because he's been turned down by all the publishers. Nobody wanted to take on his um, his suspense thriller, so he put it out as an ebook. After he sold 7,500 copies, he got a very high six-figure advance from a publishing house for his next two books. Amazing. So that's fine with fiction. All he wanted to do was get that book out there. But if you're using that book for business purposes and you want to have it in your hand to give away, or if you want to sell it back of the room, or if you want to give it as, you know, whatever you want to use it for, then you may want to print copies. And it's just not that expensive to print them. Once the book is designed, no matter how you do it, whether you do it as an e-book or you do it as a uh, traditional book, you've got to have your book edited. You've got to write the best book you can write, and you've got to have it edited. And sometimes, depending on your topic, you may have to have it indexed. Then you've got to have an interior design done and a cover design done. You've got to buy your ISBN, and you've got to have your barcodes put on the book. Now, after that, it can go into ebook design and or it can go to print. Up to that point you've spent a certain amount of money. Now if it goes to ebook, you're going to spend a certain amount to have it translated and or also distributed in ebook on the ebook platforms. And then on the other hand, if you print it, you're probably going to print that book for around two dollars a copy, depending on how big it is. It could be less could be a tiny bit more. It could be, and depending on how many copies you print. 
but printing just isn't that expensive if you get the right printer. Makes a lot of sense. And again, for those out there who are scared of getting into writing a book, or maybe you knew someone who wrote a book years back and had a bad experience, I suggest revisit uh, because there are so many wonderful opportunities out there. Um, we're going to pause for our quick uh, first commercial break, and then we're going to be back and uh, talk a little bit about trying to find out uh, more about how net to get swindled, uh, how to sell gobs of books in various distribution chains, uh, more about the La Jolla Writers Conference, and more about our guest, Antoinette Kuritz. All right, we want to pause and tell you about the second upcoming session of the Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice series. This takes place on Wednesday, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific, and our topic is going to be Practicing the Referral Mindset. Uh, it's myself and Jim Thompson. Jim will be taking the lead in uh, most of the content on uh, this coming uh, February 22nd, second session. Note that the Get, Your, Get More Clients, Grow Your Practice series takes place every fourth uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. 5 Pacific. Um, you can join the teleconference and follow along on your PowerPoint as Jim and I teach PR marketing to lawyers and other business professionals. You can find more information about these workshops at the uh, workshops tab on our website, which is proservepr.com. I'll spell that, P-R-O-S-E-R-V-E-P-R.com. I also want to tell you uh, quickly about a free giveaway that we have, the ProServe Club is our members-only uh, part of the website, um, is going to be opening its doors on February 15th, and there are experts from all over the country who are going to be contributing valuable content on DIY marketing, publicity, media relations, publishing, and more. Now, the ProServe Club is a members-only subscription resource. Pre-sale deals we have right now are $30 a month for life. Uh, the price is going to go up uh, eventually, but our pre-sale deal is 30 bucks a month. And um, you can check this out. Not only will you receive content, but the ProServe Club members will also receive exclusive invitations to members-only meetups and events, both in Chicagoland and in Southern California. So check it out. It's the subscription ProServe tab on the um, on the website. So um, you know, if you send us an email, by the way, here's another uh, incentive. Send us an email and tell us that you like our, our money and our Law Talk radio programs, and uh, I'll give you a free uh, free three months uh, a membership to the ProServe Club so you can try it out. There's no commitment to stay on after that. So, again, just send us uh, – you can actually just go to ProServePR.com, go to the contact uh, portal, and send us a message. And you have to tell me that you like Law Talk Radio and Money Talk Radio because I'll tell you what – we have a lot of people and sponsors who ask about readership and – or I'm sorry, not readership, but listener base. And um, we really enjoy the opportunity to collect and uh, you know keep in touch with all of our, our loyal listeners and guests. So, again, ProServePR.com. Check out the ProServe Club and send us a note uh, telling us that you like our program, and I'll give you three months for free. All right, now back to our show with Antoinette Kuritz. Um, Antoinette and I were talking earlier in the show about ebooks, book publishing. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the La Jolla Writers Conference right now and exactly why finance professionals and lawyers should attend. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier also, just as a reminder, that professionals really can uh, increase and leverage their knowledge 
by having a book. Antoinette told us that you can uh, ease much much easier be viable for media and get uh, regular placements. So um, this is really something that you should uh, strongly uh, consider investing your time and resources in because um, I agree with everything Antoinette's saying. So Antoinette, tell us a little bit more about the La Jolla Writers Conference again, when it is, um, and information for those of our listeners who are not located in Southern California and might have not heard about it. It's uh, It takes place the first weekend in November, November 4th to 6th. It is at Paradise Point Resort and Spa in San Diego, which is a wonderful property, acres and acres on the water. Um, and it's three days, Friday afternoon till Sunday late afternoon, going almost round the clock. We, we Late night sessions end at 3 in the morning, 2 to 3 in the morning, and then early bird sessions start at 7 a.m., so be prepared to, to do a lot of work over the weekend. It covers the art, craft, and business of writing. Um, we were one of the first conferences in the country to cover the, the, the business of writing. We cover everything from methods of publishing to distribution to PR and marketing. And, um, and uh, it's a really good conference. You can go to La Jolla, L-A-J-O-L-L-A, for those of you who don't live in the Southwest, LaJoyaWritersConference.com. Wonderful, wonderful event. And uh, as I'm a big fan of open source things generally, this seems like a nice collective uh, sharing and information that normally people might not be exposed to, things that were maybe in the black box or under wraps now. So I really support every people in the writing and publishing industry who are working so hard to open the floodgates to everybody else who wants to get out there and start writing their book and share and leverage their expertise and knowledge. It's really such a great idea, and I'm just so happy that uh, that that's put on every year. So um, now back to um, what sets. Let's dig a little bit into people trying to figure out what to write about. You know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, you know moving into a new neighborhood and, and finding resources and a book like that. But you know, what sets people apart? And how do you figure out what you have to say that's unique that nothing else is saying? Because so many of the professionals I know have such wonderful wells of knowledge, but they it's what they do every day, so they're so close to it, I don't think they recognize that it's some pretty great stuff. <laughs> you know, I have yet to write a book on, on writing and publishing. You realize that I've been in this industry for years now, and I have so much knowledge. I've written other things, but I have yet to write the book that that I should. And so I really understand those people out here who haven't done it. Part of the problem is is you've got so much knowledge. But what you really need to do is you need to sit down and say, okay, what is it, what are the basics that people need to know that I know? You know, if you're a realtor, maybe they need to know about, um, maybe they need to know about the different kinds of mortgages. I was, I was, in my 40s, before I really understood all the different kinds of mortgages that are out there, um, maybe what they need to know about is um, how to check out schools and doctors and veterinarians and, and, and babysitters and everything else when you get to a new neighborhood. And yes, that's pretty generic because it's it, you're not speaking about a specific neighborhood, but um, and maybe they need to, to, you know. So you need to think about what it is that you have to offer that is going to make people's lives easier, better, um, and that's also going to answer some of the basic questions, so that when they do come to you, they've got that basic knowledge, and you're not starting at square one. 
makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's, again, so finding out, you know, what, how do you know? Well, here's this question. Me, can I give you an example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That maybe will work even better. When At the La Jolla Writers Conference a few years ago, I was doing a class on finding your hook, which basically means finding that piece that's going to play to media and that's going to play to the public and that's also going to be maybe the basis of your book. So a young man raised his hand and he said he was writing a book on exercise. And I laughed and said, you and 20,000 other people, so what makes yours different? And we, you know, we mined him and mined him. It was an exercise in class. And finally he said, well, when I was 22, I collapsed with type 2 diabetes. I was 60 pounds overweight on my 5-foot-6-inch frame. And I, I was a binge eater, and I collapsed with type 2 diabetes. He said, and, and, and so in the ensuing years, I, besides his very, very productive corporate day job, he became a certified personal trainer, a nutritional consultant, and he really changed his mindset, got a grip on his eating, and um, became very healthy and now controls his diabetes with diet and exercise and mindset. And I said to him, but that's your book. That's your book. So the book became the new diabetes prescription, the diet, exercise, and mindset revolution. Wow. You see? So... And now in April, he's got a membership website. You have to realize there are 27,000 type 2 di- 27 million type 2 diabetics in this country and 57 million pre-diabetics in this country alone. And we don't have quite the ep- epidemic that other countries have. So in April, a membership website will be debuting because what we did after the book was written is we looked at all the diabetes websites out there. Some of them offer this and some of them offer that, and some of them, but no diabetes website offers it all. This new membership website, which will be very inexpensive to join, offers seven days of, of, of recipes and menus every month. It offers um, exercise programs that can be tailored to the individual. We have experts who will be writing all kinds of columns on everything from herbal remedies to the psychology behind dealing with weight loss to um, humor to managing your personal medical records. Um, it's going to offer everything you need as a type 2 diabetic to get your life back on track. What and a great that's resource. What, that's what grew out of the book. So that's the other thing that happens. If you mine yourself well enough for a book, then other things, other business opportunities grow out of it. Could you talk a little bit more about mining yourself and uh, how people can remember that? Because I like that term. We all have knowledge, you know. I've been cooking for a lot of years. I could I could easily write a cookbook on on how to how to organize and how to organize your cooking so that you functionally only spend 30 minutes a day. Am I going to write it? No, because that's not where my passion is, but I could easily write it. If if you were mining yourself, you could probably write a book on um um how to write great PR pitches, do-it-yourself PR and marketing. There are any number of things you could write a book on. If you were an attorney and you were an intellectual property attorney, 
and and you specialized in certain areas of intellectual property. You could do a simple Q&A book that was question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, that people could pick up and buy. Would they be able to represent themselves? No, but they'd have a lot of answers in front of them. So it's what your knowledge is in tandem with what it is that your passion is in tandem with your living, how you earn your living. If you take all three of those things into consideration, that's where you draw your book from. You know, I just had a really good idea. Um, like, I was thinking when you were talking about the uh, organizing your kitchen and things, I was thinking about this takes the stress out of cooking, this makes cooking easier. Like, what do people not like about certain aspects of their lives? And I was thinking about uh, the – I just came up with my hook, I think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this. So, all right, so let's say I'm going to write my book on DIY marketing because I care about all the solo and small firm attorneys out there who really, uh, you know, have some staff in, in-house and can do a lot themselves. So let's say I write my book on – DIY, PR, and marketing, but from a psychological perspective, um, because I really liked cognitive psych in college, and sensation, memory, like um, perception, sensation, and memory are such fascinating things, and I I sort of use that um, as, um, you know, it's kind of a... in the background of everything that I'm doing. Um, and, you know, it's all about reducing people's stress and anxiety and doing a lot of these things. So that's why I explain things in terms of sensation, memory, and perception. So maybe it's the Cognitive Psychology Guide to DIY Parm. But then I think maybe that title is too uh, too crazy for people, but that might be a really good hook. Okay, you you love this stuff. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, you're, who? first of all, you have to say, who's my market? Is it the average attorney? If your market is the average attorney, are they really going to get the psychological um, illusion that is in your title? Probably not. And if they do, they're going to think, well, this is probably going to be a more, uh, a less practical book. And attorneys are usually, or at least to my experience, they're usually pretty practical-minded people. So what you need to do is you whatever you're writing, you still need to title it in such a way that people get what the takeaway is. They get what they're going to get out of reading this book. You know, there's no question, when you read a title, The New Diabetes Prescription, The Diet, Exercise, and Mindset Revolution, there is no question in your mind what's in that book. It's very important for keyword searching, too. I mean, every title that I write for articles is uh, I always think if I was looking, if I was going to find this, what would my Google search, what would I type in? So um, I like, I'm going to come up with a killer title um, that's very SEO optimized and everything else, but I am going to include maybe a chapter on the psychology of things, but just um, have it in there because that's, I think that that's a really cool thing. Uh, I we're think gonna it's a pl- really cool thing. I think you should put it in there. Now, in your subtitle, you can say the blank, blank, and psychology behind effective marketing. Ah, that's right, the subtitle. The subtitle, um, your subtitle is your sales pitch. Very good. I'm just taking, I'm taking notes here. I hope everybody else is at home is taking notes here because, uh, um, you know, this okay, is really so good. Let me, give you, let me give you a title, A Chair yeah. with a View, Scenes of Heartbreak and Breakthrough in Psychotherapy. A chair with a view doesn't tell you much. You could be sitting looking out a window somewhere. But then you take that subtitle, Scenes of Heartbreak and Breakthrough 
in psychotherapy, and suddenly you know exactly what that book is about, don't you? And it gives you a good image. I can picture the office. The chair is orange, I think. Yep, it is actually. Is it? Yeah. It's that orangey tan color, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Okay, Living Beyond Organic, Nutritional Knowledge Redefined. That's a good one too. See, yeah. it really conveys the the thing that really is powerful is when it, when I think it conveys a message and an image, but also a passion and a feeling. Yes, exactly. So, title is very very important. Title is the first thing, and the cover is very important. And a lot of people think that the the front cover of their book is the most important piece. Uh uh-uh. uh the spine is the most important piece because that's primarily what people are going to see in the bookstore. So your spine has to be at least as good as your front cover. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to pause for a break before uh, Antoinette gives the whole story away. But um, I, but these are the types of the things that you're going to learn if you check out the La Jolla Writers Conference. And we're going to put a link to the La Jolla Writers Conference uh, on ProServePR.com, um, probably under our Nationwide Experts uh, tab. Um, also want to remind people that we need California attorneys and Illinois attorneys who are trusted. I'm talking vetted people that you know and can trust and that you'd send a referral to, uh, we offer that as a free service, just doing goodwill in the community that we put that on our website. There's a California Attorneys tab, uh, an Illinois Attorneys tab, and then um, I'll give you the exact uh, title of the bottom one. The it's So, yeah, California Attorneys, Illinois Attorneys, and then Professional Services is what it is. And for Professional Services, we're always looking for, uh, you know, a great list of professionals who can serve, you know, maybe in their own communities, but also have referrals to people in other states. So don't think just because geographically you're in one location that you're limited and precluded from being on some of these lists because the world gets smaller and smaller every day, and there are a lot of people out there to find. So check that out. Send us an info, uh, or send us an email through the ProServe PR contact page, and uh, we'll take those submissions and, um, and follow up on them. I also want to let you know about uh, upcoming uh, limited fundraising reception. This is coming from our friends at D. Tomasa Lubin in Chicago and Oak Brook Terrace. The event, it's a fundraising event honoring Judge Bob Gibson, Circuit Court Judge. It's going to be Thursday, February 16th, 2012, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Quartino Restaurant, located at 626 North State Street here in Chicago, Illinois. It's $500 per person, and the evening will have unlimited cocktails, appetizers, and uh, amazing dinners and desserts. Also, I'm going to tell you that these are really smart events to attend. If you are looking to meet new people, the same old networking events that you go to, and I don't want to bash networking events because they're all great, but you'll find the same people over and over, and um, it's sort of a, a closed pool. And fundraising events are wonderful opportunities to meet the people who normally don't have time to go to some of these networking events because they're so busy working. But this is a great um, Judge Bob Gibson for Circuit Court Judge. Uh, again, $500 a person. For more information, you can call DiTomasa Lubin Law Firm uh, in Oak Brook Terrace at 630-333-000. So that's four zeros. And then it's extension uh, X. Extension is 14, so 630-333-000, extension 14. Or you can also email L-T-R-I-C-O-C-I at DiTomaso Law. You can find them online by searching for DiTomaso Lubin. That's spelled D-I-T. 
o m m a s o l a w dot com um and uh want to let you know that this is a message authorized by the citizens for judge bob gibson contributions or gifts to the organization are not deductible as charitable contributions for federal or state income tax purposes so uh, a really great event by d tomaso lubin all right now back to our program we're talking with our friend Antoinette Kurtz. um she just gave us some really nice ideas on titles and subtitles the spine of the book, the cover of the book. I mean, this is some really sexy stuff. And I think once people get into uh, writing their first book, they're probably going to want to write a second. So, Antoinette, I'm going to ask you uh, your thoughts on uh, publishing a single book, or are there great benefits in doing a series? Great benefits in doing a series. Now, tell me about your book again. It's Do-It-Yourself What? My book is Do-It-Yourself PR Marketing, and what I do is my my practice is a little unique because traditional publicity and media is one thing, and then marketing is another, and I sort of have a hybrid approach to it. Uh, I and do, it, too. I understand yeah. exactly what you mean. Oh, great. So it's DIY, and um, you know, and I want to make it easy. I want to take the stress out of it because all here's what I know gobs of lawyers go to events and they hear about everything they should be doing and they're stressed out because this stuff is there's you know I, they don't want to screw it up their professional name is on the line their brand is on the line they don't want to run afoul of any ethical problems um so there's a decent level of anxiety i just want to make it easy and suggest you know get a marketing plan do some sort of plan you know pick some activities i don't care what it is pick something start doing it and keep doing it um you know people need to embrace this stuff and not be scared of it. Just because we didn't learn this in law school, just because we didn't have a marketing background, maybe an undergrad, doesn't mean we can't do this ourselves. But you need guidance with it. You need guidance with it. And maybe that's where your book comes in. Maybe that's where you come in. Um, I look at authors who try to do it all themselves, and those rare few, those rare few are able to do it. For the most part, they can't. And I always tell people, and 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 I, I I need to say this on your behalf as well as mine and anybody else's. If you um if your cousin's sister's uncle's wife did a fabulous job promoting her brother's restaurant, well that's great, but that doesn't mean she's going to be able to promote your book because the publishing industry is unique unto itself. Same thing, she may not be able to to publicize your law office because. The legal field is unique unto itself. I know with publishing, there are timelines. You know, if you don't have your reviewer copies out to the trade reviewers well enough in advance, they're not going to review your book. Three to four months before that book hits the, st- hits the stores or hits Amazon.com, they need to have a copy or they're not going to review it. I'm sure that for attorneys, there are other considerations. So you really, if you're going to put on someone to do PR and marketing for you, it has to be someone who understands understands what it is your industry is all about. I couldn't agree more, Antoinette, because uh, you know the value that I always uh, add to my clients is that I went to law school and I have uh, you know <laughs> actual experience in you know, family law, intellectual property, you know some of these different areas, uh, civil litigations. I know the different practice areas, and I can you know write and ghostwrite and help and promote my clients. I can't imagine trying to step into that. It would seem like you'd have to <laughs> you know you'd have to almost go to law school or paralegal training or something just to understand the business. How do you promote? something you don't understand so exactly. you know it's so important if we, if to we have a if we have a client who gives seminars 
we tell them that we want CDs of their seminars before we start promoting them so we could see what it is they say and how they present. We read the book before we start promoting promoting the author because we need to know what they're talking about. And the other thing is, is when you have someone, and tell me if you agree with me, I always say this to potential clients, we could layer topics on a client. We could say, well, we're going to put you out there to talk about A, B, and C. But if they're not comfortable with A, B, and C, they're not going to do a great job. So what we say to them is, is okay, we're going to we're going to sit down and we're going to talk with you and we're going to work with you and we're going to email back and forth with you until we come up with five or six topics that are organic to you that you're really comfortable with that you can you can talk about because they're second nature to you. And those are the topics we're going to work from with media. That makes complete sense because that's your authority and your expertise. So, exactly. you know, and there's, you know, what you think that, oh, well, I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. There are so many people out there, and audiences are bigger than you realize. And uh, when we talk about social media, and I'm just, you know, this show particularly, um, you know, we will have times that we'll have uh, some topic that is similar. I mean, we've had medical malpractice. We kind of touched on it, but didn't really dig that far deep in. Um, but there's different time different show, different listeners, different people uh, in your LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook who are finding a show and saying, hey, look, a Med Mal case show. This is interesting. I'm going to send this to uh, Aunt Barb in Santa Barbara. Aunt Barb sends it to uh, Aunt Margaret in uh, Milwaukee who sends it to her friend in Florida. Um, and each of those people shares it with other people. So the audiences are really big. Yeah. They, you know, I started out doing Internet radio years and years ago. Um, I, I tripped into it, and um, at the time, the person who owned the station said to me, Internet radio is going to grow faster over the next few years than FM radio grew in the 70s. And he was absolutely right. Social media has become such an important part of PR and marketing. Um, and we've reached the point where we're actually looking at longer-term PR contracts we have, and we're sitting down with our clients and we're saying, look, we need to take this out and put that in because things have changed that much. So now yeah. we're doing very, very targeted blog tours, not where you just blog, but where you look to get links from other sites that have you know, an, a, a tremendous number of, of followers. So we're doing things now that we wouldn't have thought of doing five years ago. Yeah, it's where, I mean, that's, the people who don't understand, you know, I I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I mean, that's part of my work. Um, you know, I'm, you know, always surveying new social media options, and things change over time. Twitter, for a while, took a nosedive, and everyone said, Twitter's dead. But you know what? When I jumped into some finance PR with my associate, Christina, we uh, saw that, and I learned real quickly, that the hedge fund managers and the traders and all these veterans from Wall Street, they get their news from Twitter first and there you know just also let's talk about uh you know social media etiquette uh security all of these things i mean that's my you know that's actually the book that i should write well maybe that'll be another in the series um but you know so many things are changing and i had someone recently try to sell me um you know airspace on a regular conventional fm or maybe an am i'm not sure 
and he was talking about the number of people you're going to reach, and I'm telling him that if you share some of the internet radio programs, I mean, you know, it's it's tremendous how many people you can reach. I've had clients who have, um, you know, done uh, certain things and, uh, you know, have been advertisers for some really hot shows that we've had that people have put in strategic blogs, and I had one that had like 1,500 listens, and the thing is, it's a targeted niche audience and market. If you're listening to the radio station, you're in the car flipping through, you may get listeners, but you don't know if they're paying attention or even care about the topic. Versus this, people will click and listen and, you know, tune into something because they're interested about it and they may find it when they're searching for it. So, I really that think it's knowledge. Good. People are going after knowledge that they want with with internet radio. But can can we go back to books for a minute? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I really want to say to the people out there who listen to this be careful. Um, <clears throat> it's and it's all well and good to say I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to get an agent and the agent's going to sell it and I'm going to get an advance. First of all, advances are down. Second of all, the first question every publishing house asks of every agent now, therefore every agent will ask of you, is what's your platform? And it used to be if you were an attorney, that was enough to get you get you published. And you and you had a good idea. Not so much anymore. Now they want to know that you have followers, that there are people who are immediately going to be interested in what it is you have to say. So this is a real process. On the other hand, if you take the time and you decide and you decide to self-publish a book, I would suggest that you still start building your platform early on. We have um, we have an author we're working with who wrote a wonderful memoir. Wonderful memoir. One of the best books I've read in years. He's got an incredible voice. He's with one of the. We've got got him with one of the top agents in the country. The major publishing houses all just passed on his memoir because his platform is not yet big enough, which is what I told him would happen. So now we're working on his platform. He's been on 2020. He's he's all over the place, and he will continue to be all over the place. And I said to him, by the point you're that big. Why would you bother selling to a major publishing house anyway? Once you have that many followers, the numbers just don't work anymore. So I think what you're going to see over the next few years is that less and less people will be looking to the major publishing houses to publish because it's the difference between earning 10% of the cover price in a bookstore and between 30 and 35% and earning the majority of the share from ebooks or not and earning the total thing back of the room versus 40% of the cover price so that's the other thing that you have to think about if you're a professional doing a book stop thinking that you need a major publishing house to publish your book and look at exactly how you are intending to sell it and if you're intending to sell it back of the room, if you're intending to give it away as a premium, if you want enough copies for PR and marketing purposes, consider self-publishing. It makes a lot of sense. And self-publishing, um, you know, it's it's similar to if you're building a business, you don't necessarily need a venture capital firm who's going to take, um, you know, 60% of the ownership. It just, uh, exactly. People, 
change your mindset, everybody. We're going to pause quickly for our final break, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about how not to get swindled, and also uh, talk about some uh, distribution chains and how these books are sold online, how people find them and such. So we're going to pause and uh, tell you about an event coming from Leaded Limited. This is a Chicago event from Nancy Minard. Many people know her. She puts on these tremendous continuing legal education uh, seminars, and the moderator for this event is going to be William Wagoda, who's the principal of Jacobus and Wagoda. Part one of this is defining and discussing the elements, stakeholders, and their roles in determining the best interests of the child, including domestic violence and the stands taken by different ethnic and social cultures that may or may not be congruent to customary roles taken by parents. So again, we're talking child custody and uh, best interest of the child standard. I, I don't have the, the copy in front of me, but I believe there have been changes um, in the law, and this is the opportunity to learn what those changes are and also, um, you know, current trends because this is what helps you help your client. Um, the afternoon session, part two, is what the family law attorney needs to know when a special needs child's long term care is involved in a custody case. Um, I could, you know, read the list of speakers here, it's tremendous. She flies people in for all over the country. There's a total of 6.25 uh, hours of attorney MCL credit, and we're talking professional responsibility credit. These ethics credits, folks, they are not easy to find uh, real good quality things with ethics credits. You know, It's tough to find. So the price um, of admission is going to include parking, snacks, soft drinks, coffee, tea, and of course, um, a course book with resources. You can attend one or both of the seminars, um, and they can be priced as a unit or as separate events. The full day is uh, $600. The morning only session is $325, and the afternoon only is $325. Now, there's also an early bird enrollment uh, before uh, January 30th of 2012. Actually, we're past that. So, um, you know what? She'll probably extend the early enrollment if you tell her that you heard it on uh, Money Talk Radio. Nancy is a good friend of mine. Um, and, again, there's special rates for groups of three or more if you sign up that way. Um, or for one firm enrolling uh, altogether. Um, Not-for-profit and governmental rates are also available. Uh, there's also information on financial hardship and waivers. So uh, don't let the price of admission prevent you from uh, coming and getting 6, 6.25 MCLE ethics credit hours on d discussing and defining the, the changes and the updates in the best interest of the child policy is, uh, here in Illinois. So really great event by Nancy Minard. You can get more information by emailing her at nancyledded at gmail.com. I'll spell that N-A-N-C-Y-L-E-D-D-E-D -D -D -E -D at gmail.com. All right, back to Antoinette Kuritz. Uh, Antoinette, let's talk more about how not to get swindled in the process of publishing and distribution. You know, the industry has grown dramatically in the last five years. Um, we've gone from about 176,000 ISBNs that the international I identification number on the back of a book being registered each year to almost a million in 2010. Oh, my. Just a dramatic growth, and, and it continues to grow. So that said, an awful lot of people are hanging out shingles as, and they call themselves book shepherds, editors, um, they des designers, cover designers, interior designers. There are companies springing up that are kind of mills. You send them your your manuscript and they quote unquote edit it, design it and put it into book form for you. They charge you some money for that. Then they 
then they uh, tell you what it's going to cost you to print it, you pay for the printing, and you have 3,000 copies of your book. The problem with all of this is it can cost you anywhere from that that $1,000 to thousands and thousands of dollars. There's a woman here in San Diego who charges people upwards of $5,000 to get them distribution. That's an obscene amount of money, absolutely obscene. 5000 so for distribution is too much? Uh, distribution um, um, is if somebody's going to help you get distribution, they have to help you do a marketing plan. And um, we we include it when we um, when we help people through the, the book production process. We include getting them distribution um, because because it's it's just part of the whole thing. So what I'm saying to you is 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 you need to know that your if you're a decent writer and you don't need to pay a ghostwriter or you're not going to have to spend tons and tons and tons of hours with an editor. You should be able to get your book edited, designed, and into print for somewhere between eight and twelve thousand dollars, and you should have you should have three thousand copies of your book in your hot little hands. Mm, sounds okay. that's sounds good. Not when you think about that, that's not a very large investment. Well, no, especially I mean the the leverage that you can get. I mean, just imagine they think about the profits, and, and I think about profits not only as the actual books sold, but also new clients who sign up because you, they got your book at a, at a giveaway or giveaways that you do, or um, leveraging the book to get different things. Think about it. As, if you um, just get local media, let's yeah. say you become the authority on 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 family law on a local TV station in your town, and you're on once a month talking about family law, you don't think you're going to make up that money in no amount of time? Uh, you can't buy that kind of coverage. You can't. Um, and here's the other thing. If you sell those books, let's say you sell only a 1,000 of those books, and you sell them back of the room for only $10 each, okay, there's $10,000 back in your hand. And you've still got 2,000 books left to sell. Uh, doing the math here, calculating, calculating, carry the one. Um, this is a good idea, folks. Yeah, it's just not a bad idea. I mean, we break down the numbers for our clients so they can decide which way they want to go. But, um, you know, knowledge is power. If somebody, if somebody acts as though what they're doing is smoke and mirrors, don't hire them. There is nothing in this industry that's smoke and mirrors from the production of the book to the PR and marketing. Everything just takes some some knowledge, some diligent hard work, and and um, we educate our clients. I will not take on a client who doesn't want to be educated because we want them to know what's going on. I always joke with them and say, hey, if I get scooped up by aliens tomorrow, I want you to be able to pick someone else out from an educated uh, um, perspective. So we really insist that our clients learn about what we're doing for them and why we're doing it for them. The other thing is is make sure somebody's willing to give you a contract where they put in writing everything that's going to happen. Um, the other thing we don't do is we don't charge everything up front. Um, we charge a certain amount up front, and then the rest is amortized in in interest-free monthly payments. And the reason we do that is a certain amount up front is because there's an awful lot of work front-loaded. But we're not asking you to pay everything up front because we're not giving you everything up front. Makes sense. So this you know? is really a lot easier than people. You know, how many people will run out? Let's let's also let me say this. 
Um, if you're a lawyer and uh, you're in Orange County or you're here in Chicago, you are, you need to go to court and you need to look good. No one wants the lawyer who's driving a beat-up old uh, junker car. And um, you know people will not think twice at dropping you know you know forty grand and a new uh, BMW, but then you'd say, oh, you know, several thousand for oh no, that's too expensive. I mean, people get your priorities in line. You really need to. What we do is we work with we we work with people with a thirty thousand dollar model, and we'll sit down with them and say, okay, let's say you spend thirty thousand dollars between production, PR, marketing, everything, to get your book out there. This is how many copies of your, your book you have to sell in order to get your money back. And we also figure store store sales because you're not making as much on store sales. And we show them the numbers, and it's amazing how fast if you do your work, that money all comes back to you. So you really don't have to be wealthy to start, do you? You really, really don't. The other thing is, is with editors, people, everybody has an editor they recommend. Oh, my mother was an English teacher, and she really can edit your book. No. She can check for spelling and grammar and typing and, uh, you know, punctuation, but but she's not an editor. A book editor has an overview of the book. What you're talking about is the final copy edit. Uh, you need a really good content editor for any book. There isn't a book that you read that um, that comes out from the major houses that hasn't gone through a stiff content editor too. So what you want is a good editor. And I always say to people, when you look at an editor, have them edit one chapter of your book at a very reduced rate. If they can improve that chapter dramatically without changing your voice, then maybe you've got someone worth hiring. You know, it occurs to me, Antoinette, that not everyone really knows what an editor does. I mean, you just told us with grammar and everything, but really, a a layman's understanding what an editor does. Well, the, the content editor is going to read your book for flow, to see that that you know it 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 is eminently readable, that it, it has a flow to it. They're going to read it to see whether or not you repeat yourself, whether or not you're making sense. Because one of the problems professionals have is they know their material so well that they tend to not not take into account that the person they're writing for doesn't know it as well as they do. Such a good point. That was okay. a big challenge for me when I started writing my columns for Chicago Lawyer Magazine. I had to really like do like mathematically separate my paragraphs and like do the like, who cares test and the will they understand? Like, am I using terms people don't know? Um, because there's no quicker way to lose an audience than to talk over their head and you just kind of lost them. You know, I've got. You, I'm reading oh, a, right away. Right I'm away. Reading, so, yeah. so, who's your audience and are you writing to them? Is a, a really big one. So, you know, editors editors are going the first editor you deal with is a content editor and that's what they do. They really help you whip that book into shape. Um and then and they may say to you, you know, you don't need this chapter. Um these two chapters could be combined into one chapter and they should be after that chapter. So they help you with the organization of the book. Then when all of that is done, then you have a line editor who comes in and reads for punctuation and spelling and all of that stuff. And that happens before the book goes to the designer because 
if there are any mis- the designer designs the book, they're not doing a, a a grammar and punctuation check for you. So if anything shows up, then there's another read of that book after it's designed. And if any of the mistakes are purely the designers, they fix them for free. But if anything has to be fixed because it was your mistake, you have to pay. Ah. So there's that one more read after the book is designed before it goes off to the printer. And then once the printer lays it out, they send it over to you and there's one more check to make sure that everything is as it should be. And then it goes. you sign off on it and then it goes to print. Well, thank you for explaining that. That's more than I I had no idea that there was that as there's really a lot there. I think what I think we all just uh, learned is that um there's a lot going on here and you really need to find a trusted industry inside professional who knows what you're getting and what's good and what's not because I I can see how many people could fleece people who didn't know. Uh we're almost out of time, Antoinette. Um if you could give uh, any follow-up statements and then some contact information for our folks at home. Um, if you're thinking of writing a book and you're a professional, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're, you know, you're writing a nonfiction book, um, get some, get some, get, spend, at least spend the money for a couple of hours of consultation with someone who knows the industry so that they can bring you up to speed on it. Then whether or not you need someone to hold your hand through the process is up to you, but at least take a couple of hours of someone's time. To, and, and honor their time because they're professionals in their field just like you are in yours. That's number one. Number two, some of the most uh, successful, some of the most successful fiction writers are attorneys. There's something about the way attorneys learn to express themselves, you know, very clean, very crisp verbiage that translates very well into novels. That sounds good. Well, I look forward to talking to more attorneys about writing books because especially within niche practice areas, um, you know, trade I mean, not only fun books, but trade things and tips for people uh, entering into new practice areas. There's so much of a market. Please, there's uh, so many opportunities. I want to thank you for your time, Antoinette. How do people get a hold of you again? Um, they can reach me at 858-467-1978 or they can go to strategiespr.com or LaHoyaWritersConference.com. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A, WritersConference.com. All right. Well, I'm going to try to attend that La Jolla Writers Conference this year. I wanted to get it next year, last year, but I couldn't. So I'm going to make the trip out there. I'll be probably in Orange County anyway, so it sounds good to me. Um, Sign up I early. To, the price yeah. is low early. I know. Oh, okay. Well, I should. Uh, you know what? And we'll put a link of that on our website too, so people can find that. So, and we'll share that out in, uh, with our and our channels as well. So, thank you again for your time, uh, Antoinette. And I also want to thank all of our uh, listening audience for tuning into this episode of Money Talk Radio. Again, we want you to make money. Uh, brought to you by ProServe PR Marketing with the support from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life and disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Money Talk Radio episodes are programmed to entertain you and bring our legal industry and money and financial industry professionals, consumers, and guests some tips, tools, and news they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. And with our guests located from coast to coast, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program and bring people together to share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine from Money Talk Radio, and as always, I thank you for your time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.